Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Have you ever found weird things in a vagina? Have you found yourself needing multiple partners to fulfill your desires? Hey guys, I'm Dr. Jacqueline Walters, a board-certified OBGYN. It is so important that we know how and when to ask the right questions, whether you're in front of your doctor or just hanging out with your good girlfriends. Now, I wanted to create Dr. Jackie's point of view because sometimes you need to just hear the unfiltered, good old Dr. Jackie. I will inspire, uplift, and educate women and men on the who, what, when, and where of things we balance daily. Make sure you subscribe to Dr. Jackie's Point of View and tune in every Thursday. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and today we're talking about sensitivity, including how to know if you're the sensitive one at work and how this workplace trait can actually play a critical role in your influence at work if you know how to use it correctly. To help us do this, we're joined by Melody Wilding. She is an executive coach and author of Trust Yourself, Stop Overthinking and Channel Your Emotions for Success at Work. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. Have you ever been told you're too sensitive or that you need to take things less personal at work? I'm currently raising my hand because in my very first performance review, I was actually told that I was too sensitive and for years it impacted my self-esteem and I worked to fight against that. But it turns out that us sensitive people might actually have the upper hand. So meet Melody Wilding. She's an author and an executive coach for sensitive strivers. Melody, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So first explain what exact, you know, what exactly is a sensitive striver and what that is at work? Because I feel like I'm, I'm probably one of those people. (laughs) A sensitive striver is someone who is both highly sensitive, meaning they think and feel everything more deeply, but they are also high achieving. So they're very driven in their career. They uh, want to excel, not necessarily to climb the ladder, but because they have a drive to keep learning and growing. So sensitivity in itself is nothing new. It's been a well-studied trait for about 30, 40 years now. And it is just that it's a trait. So just like you might have a personality trait, like introversion or extroversion, about uh, 20% of the population. So one in five people is 
more sensitive than the average person. And it's actually biologically based. So it's related to how your brain in particular processes certain neurochemicals, things we've heard of like dopamine and serotonin processes it differently. And so certain brain areas, brain areas related to decision-making, depth of thought, emotional uh, interactions, all of those parts of your brain, when you're a sensitive person, light up more than the average person. So it's a very real thing. And it was very beneficial to have someone in your group back in, you know, prehistoric times who had this trait because it kept the rest of the the group safe. Hmm. So it's funny because I feel like, especially at work, if you're the sensitive one, you're always being kind of told to like lose that trait or fight against that trait. And work really doesn't seem to appreciate sensitive people very much. Yeah. You know, I think there definitely is a stigma around sensitivity. And of course, you know, women in particular, we, we walk a very fine line when it comes to, uh, being told not to be emotional at work. Right. Uh, and I think we're all, if you identify as this type, you're, you have been conditioned from a young age to not take things so personally or hear, why don't you grow a thicker skin? And I know for me, that led me to really disown that part of me and want to hide it or make it go away, which only then led to more self-doubt and more discomfort. I felt like I was always performing a part because I had to not be me. I had to not be sensitive. So yes, you know, sensitivity, again, like any trait, there are upsides to it, but there are also downsides that when you're more aware of it and you have certain tools, you can mitigate some of those downsides. Mm -hmm. What are some of the signs that you can maybe self-identify with that are the signs that you are the sensitive one at work? Because (laughs) I mean, I don't really like being the sensitive one at work, but I a hundred percent know I am. And Mm -hmm. it, I mean, part of it just came from interactions, but also I remember I took, um, a strengths test. I can't remember which one of my number one trait was empathy. (laughs) So I was like, okay, this is clearly I'm, I'm pretty sensitive. Um, what, so what are some of the signs besides taking a test or being given tough feedback in a performance review that people can, can kind of notice about themselves? Well, you nailed it right there. High empathy is probably one of the most <laughs> apparent traits of high sensitivity. And that's because people who are more sensitive have more active mirror neurons. We're able to sense and understand people's behavior more, more acutely than other people can. So if you are someone who can walk into a room and instantly get the vibe of what's going on, you can, you can sense and pick up on things before somebody even says something is wrong. For example, that's a good example of high sensitivity. It's almost like you have this antenna up that's taking in all types of information, almost that's beyond your awareness. So that's one very good sign of sensitivity. Another is if you pause before acting. So if you are someone who really needs to uh, chew on something, or I see this a lot, people come to me saying they have trouble speaking up in meetings because they're not good with being put on the spot. There's someone who is very thoughtful, really needs to deliberate and digest something before sharing on it. So if that is you, that is also another good sign that you may be sensitive, thinking through decisions before you act. If you are someone who has a very 
active and probably annoying inner critic, you may also be sensitive. <laughs> People who are sensitive tend to be more self-aware, but can become so self-aware that they become self-critical. So imposter syndrome also tends to be a very big thing among people who are sensitive, as well as trouble setting boundaries, saying yes too much, being a bit of a people pleaser because you want to be helpful and you're so aware of other people's needs and want to be accommodating to that, that you may overextend yourself. Mm -hmm. It's interesting you say this because we were doing an episode on confidence last year. And when I was researching, it was talking about how confidence comes down to, um, knowing how it's not just about thinking you can do the job. Well, it's also your competence of being able to do. So the, anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that it was talking about how inaction can actually lead people to be less confident. And, and so it's sort of this spiral. Um, and so when you talked about, you know, like pausing before you speak up at a meeting, it's interesting just because that is an example I think a lot of people think about when they think of, oh, I'm not very confident. I need to speak up more in meetings. So sometimes I feel like this advice, you know, you like hear one thing, you're like, okay, you need to do this, like speak up more in a meeting to be more confident. But then there's this piece of you where you're like, but I'm sensitive and I like mm-hmm. to kind of noodle on things before I go and speak up. And it's like, I mean, I feel like, and I don't think this is just women. I just feel like there's constantly mm-hmm. this feeling of like, I'm supposed to do this. No, I'm supposed to do that. No, do this. And like, <laughs> you know, it's like my head is going to fall off. Like, how do you decide? Do you, today, are you imposter? Are you sensitive or are you confident? You know what I mean? (laughs) Whether you work for yourself or you're part of a team, it's time to get creative. Make your online presence and your business stand out from the rest with issue. First impressions are everything. So if you're looking to make an impact with your online content, you need issue. The easiest way to make your creative ideas come to life and share everywhere you want to be seen. Issue is an all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials to magazines to flip books and brochures and more. There is no need for endless scrolling through PDFs. Issue features your creative in an easy-to-view way on every device. Make it once and distribute it everywhere without reformatting. Your content is already optimized for engagement and ready to share. Issue also works seamlessly with tools you probably already use like Canva, Dropbox, and InDesign. Issue helps creators, marketers, designers, and really anyone who wants to make content that stands out. And you can start using Issue for free. They also offer premium features that give a more customized experience. Get started with Issue today for free, or if you sign up for the premium account, you will get 50% off when you go to Issue, which is issuu.com slash podcast, and then use the promo code Contessa. So that's Issue, issuu.com slash podcast, and then use the promo code Contessa, C-O-N-T-E-S-S-A at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. One more time, that's issue.com slash podcast with promo code Contessa. Claire is an innovative new e-commerce paint startup that takes the hassle out of paint shopping with a streamlined selection of designer curated colors, peel and stick swatches, and premium paint and supplies delivered straight to your door. Claire is a black woman-owned business run by interior designer Nicole Gibbons. Nicole saw that traditional paint shopping experience was outdated and full of hassle. 
So she decided to create a better brand and a whole new experience that's easier, faster, and more convenient and more inspiring. Claire also offers ultra premium paint that's healthier for your home and the environment. With an interior designer at the helm, Claire brings an expert point of view on color and design, which sets the brand apart from other paint companies. Unlike traditional paint brands, which overwhelm you with thousands of colors, Claire focuses on fewer, better colors expertly curated through an interior designer's lens. If you need a little help choosing a paint color, you can try Claire Color Genius, a fun two-minute quiz that's like having an interior designer help you choose a paint color. You answer a few easy questions about your space and your style, and Claire delivers a personalized paint color recommendation for you. What's also great about Claire is that the brand offers better paint formulations that are zero VOC green guard gold certified for better indoor air quality and meets the most stringent chemical emission standards. Claire is also formulated without toxic air contaminants, hazardous air pollutants, and EPA chemicals of concern, so it's paint you can feel good about using in your home. With Claire, you can find everything you need to choose paint colors and tackle your paint projects with confidence without leaving your home. From the products to inspiration, tips, and tutorials, it's literally a one-stop shop. Visit Claire at www.clare.com slash Contessa to get started. And use code Contessa, C-O-N-T-E-S-S-A, to receive $5 off your first gallon of paint. Again, that's Claire, C-L-A-R-E dot com slash Contessa with code Contessa for $5 off. Before we started recording, you and I were talking a bit about the labels we can give ourselves and we could get so caught up in those things and let us limit us. I think what's important here is knowing yourself, knowing your tendencies and knowing how to capitalize on them to bring out your strengths and what you need to do to self-regulate so you can not let roadblocks, self-imposed roadblocks get in your way. So one, you were talking about signs of being sensitive. One other one I'll throw in there is being very easily rattled. Personally, if I am put under pressure, specifically if I'm rushed, all bets are off. (laughs) I get so anxious. I, I get overstimulated so easily when I feel like there is a lot on my plate and a lot I have to do. And yes, you know, most people would get anxious if they have a ton to do, but when you are sensitive, it's almost like your nervous system on a scale of one to 10 is at at an 11. So if you feel like you're someone where just in your physiological state, you sort of feel like your stress response is much more heightened than the people you see around you, or you feel like your reactions are a little bit bigger or more intense than the people around you, that it, that is also a pretty good sign that um, you fall into the category of having this straight. I'm a hundred percent this person. Like I'm mm-hmm. listening to this. And I'm like, I identify with all of these things. I remember one of my, she's now one of my really good friends, but we were, we met through work. And I remember she was always so calm, cool, and collected. Anyone who's listened to this podcast who, you know, Aaliyah on our team, I always feel like I'm like, you are so calm, cool, and collected under pressure. And I am like the you know, like I, I am totally that I'm like my nervous systems at a 12. And the only thing that kind of calms me down is making a to-do list and like starting to work my way through it. So yeah, I absolutely identify with the sense of striver thing, because I also, to your point, your uh, definition in the beginning is like, I do try to excel and accomplish a lot. So I, I am just like, I, yes, I totally self-identify <laughs> with this. So discovering strategies for thriving, gaining confidence as a sensitive striver, um, before we get into how we can kind of 
turn sensitivity into our superpower. What what are your advice for these strategies? How can we discover things that will help us? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, do you want to get into those strategies now? You want me to go over them? Oh yeah, you can do it right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So the first one is leveraging empathy as your competitive advantage. So as I was saying before, as someone who's more sensitive, you have more active mirror neurons. So the part of your brain that senses and understands other people's behavior is more active. And again, that can be a hindrance if you become so hypervigilant that you're held back by people's perceptions of you, or you can really use it as a competitive advantage. And in doing that, I think what people underestimate about being sensitive is that you can have presence and you can command the room, even if you're quieter or more reserved than the people around you. And that's because being empathetic gives you that superpower to understand people's behavior. So you are the person who may have a pulse on team morale. I've seen that a lot over the last two years where the sensitive people on the team are the canaries in the coal mine to say, hey, all of my people are burning out. We're going to lose them if we don't do something now. Or they're recognizing maybe somebody's not being as responsive on meetings or they have their camera off for uh, for a couple of weeks and they check in and really mm-hmm. help that person um, in a way that maybe somebody else might not have spotted. Do like leaders that have that trait tend to be, I don't know, more beloved and just like, more appreciated as leaders. Like I I've been reading a lot about that. And it's like empathetic leadership and empathy as a, as a leadership trait, right? That's not something we, we saw even like five years ago. It was all about, you know, being the best and performance related kind of traits. Oh, absolutely. I think we're really starting to see the, the tide turn. And I mean, we know emotional intelligence is one of the most important factors you can have as a leader. And the research shows that people or managers rather rate sensitive people as their highest performers, their top contributors on their team. And it's, it's thanks to many of this, these traits. So really leveraging your empathy to contribute to your team morale, to navigate conflict, right? I've had so many clients be the person who is the bridge between maybe two different teams or product and engineering, for example, you know, two, two teams that may be at odds and they can be the bridge builder between that. And also in the front of influence. So I can't tell you how many clients come to me and say, I need greater executive presence. Yeah. How do I get better executive presence? <laughs> Everybody wants this, but, but how do we get it? Yeah. Where's the pill and, I can take to just magically be more pre- right. you know, executive presence? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And you know, core to executive presence is making other people feel good in your presence, right? Feel good about themselves when you are around. And sensitive people really have a way of doing that because they are great at listening. Like I said, they're great at reading between the lines and understanding what someone needs without them saying a word and really delivering that to them. So all of that can contribute to your presence and and really give you an advantage among your peers. Uh, So with influence, I really like that you talked about that because I think another question, not to turn this into a whole different type of podcast episode, but like people always want to know, how can I create more influence at work? So especially in this virtual setting, any tips for the person who is maybe a sensitive striver or even just in a new job and is like, I want to create more influence? Yeah. You know, I think relationships is still the name name of the game when it comes Mm -hmm. to influence, but the way you go about 
building relationships in this environment has to be so much more intentional and structured. And so what what I'm really advising all of my clients and what's working well for them is really having more regular touch bases or 15 minute check-ins and conversations, not just with the people you directly work with, but people who may be uh, parallel to you or who work on a a bit of a different team or who you worked with on one project who you lost touch with, but making sure that you're keeping that network strong, that your name is in different rooms. That really matters right now when we don't have spontaneous interactions like we used to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just a pro tip for anyone listening, since we just came out of, you know, it's a new year. This is the year or this is the time of year that I send my like networking emails to people who I maybe don't work with on a regular basis, but the people who I want to stay in touch with and I want to keep that relationship. And I use the new year as my entry point to say, happy new year. I hope you had some great holidays. Here's what I've been up to the last year. Here's what I'm thinking about for the next. Like I basically just send them kind of a, a life update, wishing them well. And I like to use New Year's as sort of this like low hanging fruit for the conversation to get started. Sometimes people write me back. Sometimes they don't. But you want to keep your name kind of top of mind for people. And this is a great time of year to do that. And I usually will go through and make a list in like an Excel doc or a Google doc. And I'll think about who do I follow on Instagram and Twitter and and who am I following on LinkedIn? And I basically compile a list and then send the update that way. So to your point, like relationships are absolutely the name of the game. And I think there's two pieces of this is like the relationships that you have that you see and talk to all the time. And then there are the people you want to be staying in touch with. And you're like, but I don't have anything to update them about. You you don't have to. And this is like a really nice time of year to do that. If your business is up to a great start this year, you may soon realize that things aren't going to get any less crazy. Online shopping isn't slowing down anytime soon. Is your business ready to keep up the pace? With ShipStation, you'll never worry about shipping again. Make the switch to a solution that handles all your shipping needs quickly, affordably, and painlessly. ShipStation is already trusted by over 100,000 e-commerce sellers. Personally, I love that ShipStation is easy to use and saves time. ShipStation funnels all your orders into one simple interface, no matter where you're selling. Manage every order, whether it's coming from Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or your own website, from anywhere, even your phone. Save money when you compare carrier options and choose the best shipping solution every time. ShipStation works with every carrier, so you can always find the best fit for you. Plus, your business can access the same discounted rates usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies. With ShipStation, you'll know your orders are handled and you're getting the best rates. Make shipping the easy part of having an online store. It's no wonder 98% of companies that use ShipStation for a year keep using it for as long as they're in business. It's that good. Ship more in less time with ShipStation. Use our offer code CONTESSA, that's C-O-N-T-E-S-S-A, CONTESSA, to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in CONTESSA. ShipStation, make ship happen. It's a new year, but it's feeling harder than ever to find and hire the qualified people you need especially for small businesses. That's where LinkedIn Jobs comes in. They make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. As the owner of my company, I know how important it is to have a reliable tool to make sure your job posts are found by relevant candidates. 
As someone who has worked as a recruiter for years and hired a team at Career Contessa, I'm well aware of how important it is to find the right candidate. One way to make things easier is to have a reliable system and tool to make sure your job posts are found by relevant candidates only. That's where our sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs, comes in. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience and use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash Contessa. That's linkedin.com slash Contessa, C-O-N-T-E-S-S-A, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now let's get back to the show. So your next tip is to harness your thoughtfulness. So tell us what that means. Yes. So a hallmark of sensitivity is thinking before you act, right? And and that deep mental processing. So part of that, again, this can have a downside. It can lead to overthinking. You can, it can look like procrastination because you're delaying your action until you're totally sure about a decision. But an upside of this depth of thought is that sensitive strivers really have a, a great ability to make connections that other people may miss, to see nuances and subtleties in a situation. So your mind is often making connections before other people have reached a conclusion. And that's really valuable, but we have to have the confidence to speak up and share those things. And too many times I see people hold themselves back because they'll say, well, no one has shared this idea. Therefore, it must not be a good idea. Not realizing that you may be three or five steps ahead of everybody else. And I'm sure many listeners have had this situation where you're thinking about saying something, you don't say it. And then 10 minutes later, somebody else says it, says it and gets the credit for it and you kick yourself. Like, why didn't I just speak up? Yeah, totally. And, Mm -hmm. and so just recognizing that that happens often gives people the, the nudge they need to have a little more courage, raising their hand and sharing those things. Mm-hmm. And when clients do this and they share their thoughtfulness and they kind of go through these actions, what are some of the like results they share with you? Like, oh, I've been in my own head all these years and I should just be speaking up more often. Like, or, or, do, do these like yeah. aha moments come out of people? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, people realize that they've been standing in their own way. <laughs> they, they gain confidence because you start getting positive feedback for sharing your ideas. It feels safer and work just feels easier. You're not fighting against yourself. You can, you can show up and be authentic and share what's on your mind. And that is some, most of the time it's appreciated. Sometimes nothing happens, but it's a lot more ease. And what I will say here too, we were talking about before how as sensitive people, we can get overwhelmed if we're put on the spot. And you might not always have something to share. And that's completely fine. You shouldn't put pressure on yourself to do that. But you need to think about communicating in a style that's going to work for you. So instead of after that meeting, beating yourself up, really thinking about how can I follow up? 
how can I approach maybe uh, a senior leader who was in that meeting to say, you know what, I gave what you said in that meeting, a little more thought, I digested it a little further. And here were three ideas that came up for me. And I have had clients do that. And they pretty much overnight are invited into different rooms. They build deeper relationships with their leaders and their peers because number one, no one takes the time to follow up. Everyone goes to a meeting and they're on to their next thing, right? Um, So it shows a lot of care, consideration, thoughtfulness, but, but it's also a really valuable way to get someone's attention because you don't have the rest of the, the noise from, from a meeting, right? So it's a great way to provide value and stand out. Mm-hmm. I love that. And your third tip is to stop doubting yourself and trust your intuition. And, you know, I think yeah. this is extremely hard because sensitive people have been told their whole lives to be less sensitive and kind of change who they are. And now we're saying, no, but listen to your intuition and stop doubting yourself. So can we talk about both sides of that? Yeah, you you summarized it perfectly that most of us disconnect from our intuition because we're we're told it's bad to have it and not to listen to those emotions. So sensitive people actually have more highly attuned intuition. And when I talk about intuition, I don't mean it in some woo-woo sense. I mean it very literally in a scientific sense. Intuition is a form of memory. And in research, how they define intuition is as almost that split second decision-making you're able to make when you have that gut feeling of this decision is right for me, or this decision is wrong for me. What your mind is doing is going through the Rolodex of all of your past experiences and quickly assessing what, what you want, what you've gone through your knowledge and pulling out the answer that's right for you. So because sensitive people are bringing in more information and processing that more deeply, we have more highly attuned intuition. Mm -hmm. So you may be someone who's saying, yeah, you're right. I don't trust myself. And what I say to you is that you have to start small, find small, low stakes situations where you can try listening to your intuition. What's your gut feeling about what you want to eat for lunch that day? Um, How you want to write an email to someone? What does your gut say about how you should respond to your boss? Just try to find little situations to build up that muscle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With your book and your work, I'm just curious, what do you want sensitive strivers to take away from all this? Do you want us to feel more comfortable in the workplace? Do you want the workplace to be more educated about how we work? And I say we, because I definitely identify (laughs) with this. Yeah, I think it's twofold. I, I think for me, reclaiming the word sensitivity from something that is a bad thing to something that is a a label that people can more proudly wear and helping the sensitive strivers regain their confidence because our workplaces are better when people like us (laughs) are are at the helm, right? And, And then on the flip side, helping workplaces recognize that neurodiversity is a form of diversity, that there are differences in the way people's brains work. And we need to recognize that and appreciate it just as we do other forms of diversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. Not something I've heard a lot. And, you know, it's 2022. We've now lived through a pandemic or still living through, I guess you're always living through this. Um, what are you excited about for the future of work and the things that have changed thanks to kind of the acceleration maybe that COVID had on, on some workplaces? Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about the fact that I think we're seeing more flexibility be a permanent state. And I think that's great for sensitive strivers who really need to create 
work environments that conditions that work for them, you know, in their level of stimulation, their preferences in terms of interacting with people, really creating the conditions that they will thrive. Mm -hmm. And also just allowing people to have more agency and control over their careers. I think we're going to see people really being in the driver's seat of their careers more like more than ever before. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, um, I'm I'm very curious to like the outcomes for sensitive strivers now, whereas like before maybe your outcome was you were going to get stuck in this middle management as like the highest place because management seemed to always like the extroverted, basically the white guy who was extroverted and not sensitive and, you know, made jokes at everyone, at everyone else's expense all the time. I'm very curious what the outcomes will be for sensitive, sensitive strivers. Do you find that most of the people you work with who identify as a sensitive, sensitive striver are women? That's a very interesting question. And it's about equal. So I do, my, my audience does skew female, but what we know is that because sensitivity is a trait, it's equally distributed among genders, among men and women, which when I first started doing this work years ago, I thought for sure it was going to be primarily women and it's not, which is interesting. And both, you know, being a woman and being sensitive has its challenges, but men face challenges too, uh, being sensitive as well. So I was actually just thinking, I'm like, this is kind of my own bias. Like my bias is that men don't really have that. And so I would also, you know, it's, it's a good thing to kind of check myself with that too. Well, Melody, this is amazing. Where can people follow your work, learn more about you, um, buy your book, all the things. Yeah. You can connect with me at my website, melodywilding.com. And you can find my book, trust yourself wherever books are sold. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider rating our show and leaving us a review. They really help our show so much. 